Hello DFers, it's Alfie and welcome to the Draft Fantasy Podcast. Game week four has been and gone and my oh my have we got a show for you. Part one, we have game week discussions and spoiler alert, Manners is losing. Part two, we have our secret journalist, Phil Dorks, dropping in to give us some tips on where the player points will be going. And part three, we have your favorite feature, who dat man, urger or player. And let me tell you, this week's is a bit special. We've also got tweets from you, and Jon Snow is back with Poetry Corner. Hubba laba, what a show. And I would say almost as entertaining as watching the Arsenal defense deal with a back pass. Let's roll the music. The Hello, Sam. Hello, Alfie. How are you, Manners? All I'm right? right. Yeah. All right, we'll get to that. Hey, uh, so yes, welcome everyone to the Draft Fantasy Podcast. We're back and we're right before the international break, of course. Fantastic game week four done. Do you want to hear the roundup, Manners? Oh, if we must. Let's hear the game week four roundup. Watford spring a surprise on Spurs, maintaining their 100% record. Liverpool got away with a lucky win. West Ham are forever blowing on empty. Arsenal, well, Arsenal are determined to prove that they have the worst defence in the history of the Premier League. Thank God for strikers. Leicester's James Madison got attributed a quite frankly ridiculous ghost assist that have most fantasy managers pulling their hair out. Mitrovic and Charlotte on target again as Fulham Press. And Glenn Murray are Brighton fame. Another two goals for the big man. Four clean sheets this week. Man United, Chelsea, Wolves, Southampton. Assist king this week was Halabas of Watford. Most assists were two. Other defenders with assists were Robertson, Alonso, Cedric, Target, Lucas Dean, Mendy, Morrison and Bennett. And of course you had Walker, Yedlin, Mustafi, Kafka all getting goals. Penalty misses. There was Austin, Gross, Pogba. Own goals to Corey. Red cards, Marcus Rashford. So this week's top players, Lukaku, Lacazette, Glenn Murray, Cedric, Hoiberg, all nine points. And do you want to know the top three players at the moment, Manners? Yeah, I haven't got them. Alonso, 35 points. Mane, 33. Lucas Moura, 30. And there you go. That's game week four. So how are you, mate? Oh, do you want some stats? Yes. So, Holibas, Watford's Holibas, has been directly involved in five Premier League goals so far this season. One goal, four assists. Another stat. Only Mohamed Salah and Sergio Aguero have scored more Premier League home goals in 2018 than Glenn Murray. <laughs> mm. And another stat. For the penalty, Paul Pogba hit the ball towards Joe Hart's right, whereas he should have put it to his left, as Joe Hart doesn't have a left hand. And that is fact stat. Yeah, I don't know if uh, Pogba... Probably okay, even not. knows who Joe Hart even is. No, he probably doesn't know. You're right. But that's, I was a little jokey with that one. Oh, but, right, right. but it's true. He, no, he it is true. I'm sure I've read that. I just don't understand why he didn't play it to his... Everyone knows that Joe Hart doesn't have a left Yeah, hand. except if you've not paid any attention to shit English goalkeepers. No, unless Joe, uh, unless Paul Pogba realises that he's in my dream team and he cost me points because he missed a penalty. That's why. Shipping, mate. Listen, I'll give you any of my midfield for Pogba. Right. Well, actually, let's talk about you then, Manners. Mm. How is... Fantasy life. Well, I've had a terrible weekend. Uh, I realised about Thursday last week that I needed to sort out a load of my um, players, but just didn't get a chance. I was just busy. So let's, let's clarify. Uh, you've had one win in four. 
Yeah. You have the second lowest player points haul with 133. Second, yeah. Second lowest, yeah. Second lowest. Uh, <laughs> I'm only one you point. You lost this week to... Mm. Who did you lose to? Uh, Ming and Phil. Ming and Phil. Do you want to give uh, a little run through who, who Ming and Phil is? Well, he's incredibly minging and lucky that he beat me because he had a terrible, terrible game week too. I mean, Sat in his desert empire in Dubai. So he's, he lives in Dubai. He was our champion from two years ago and has in not been very good champion. at all subsequently. Well, <clears throat> he is famous for auto-drafting. He is the one member of our league who auto-drafts, um, chooses to auto-draft. Turned up to the draft this year, but simply let the computer do it. So he just sat there vegetating and drinking beer while all of us were running around like headless chickens and he trying still to pick. Beat, he still beat you in this game week. So how many points did you get? Uh, 23. 20, yeah, 23, I think. Was it 20? It's It was a painful 20. Yeah, 20. Oh. I've got to do a bloody video as well. But um, when I look at the team, I'm like, well, you know, if I'd actually had the opportunity to swap in some players, I might have squeezed another four points. I could have put in at least two players that were going to get two points. Well, let's have a look at it. So you've got Fernandinho, Bergamerson, who's out at the moment, Wijnaldum, hmm, Shakiri, uh, and then up front... Well, actually, up front you did all right. Troy, Deeney, Mitrovic, both played well. Mitrovic is turning on, man. He's brilliant. He was a good choice, and I, and I knew who he was, so I'm going to take credit for it. Good. Did you know... Since his Fulham debut in February, uh, Mitrovic has scored more goals in English league football than any other player. Yeah, I did not. You I meant to say you knew that. That's why. Oh, yeah. That's why he's a class player. I like Fulham, which his wife um, clung on to bloody Rico. But I like Fulham. I always like Fulham because I've been to Craven Cottage twice, in fact. Um, and also had a girlfriend who lived really near the ground for a while. And... Um, so I feel like an, an affinity with Fulham, mm, nice. and yeah. I and I, they've been dead ambitious. So I was like, that's why I wanted to get Fulham players in. I've been reading about them stuff, but Rico's burned me on the ass. But thankfully, I've had Czech. Well, I say thankfully. Yeah, I but, don't uh, think anyone should say but that. But he's got points at least. He's, he's, he's at got least one point. He's yeah. appeared um, when everyone, including you specifically, were going on and on and on about how Czech's not going to go in. They've just bought a keeper. Czech's now played. He won't, no, it, there will be a transitional point, for sure. I don't know when it happened, but it will be a point. But it doesn't matter who's yeah. playing for Arsenal. Let's goal, not talk about they haven't go got a defence, so yeah. it doesn't really matter. So yeah. You've got Van Dijk in your defence. My big players didn't have a big week. Uh, Van Dijk, Trippier. I'm happy with my strikers. I've got Dini, Mitrovic and Vardy, and I actually think that they will all play and hopefully keep pinging goals in, uh, nicking goals here and there. So... Um, and my, I'm quite happy with my defence. They had a poor week, which is going to happen from time to time this week. The big problem is my midfield because I'm beset by injuries and just general crapness. Twenty points. Oh my god. So speaking of Jamie Vardy, they just played Liverpool. Unlucky. He was suspended, wasn't he? Did you know Jamie Vardy? Scored seven goals in eight games against Liverpool. Ugh. Imagine if he'd been playing. That's annoying. Oh, man, you would have won. Yeah, he's back against Bournemouth next, though. So, I don't know. I've, I've got faith in Vardy this season. Yeah, he's a great striker. If I'm honest, my squad is not going to compete this year. I'd be, I'd be happy with uh, upper, upper table, mid-table mediocrity. Anyway, let's move on.
it's time for Poetry Corner. Poetry Corner with John Snow. Marcus Alonso. Marcus Alonso. He is valued number one so. Jose Holabas. Jose Holabas. Sees a hole, makes a holy pass. Robertson Andy, Robertson Andy. He is pretty, fucking handy. Benjamin Mendy, Benjamin Mendy. Lovely crosses, nice and bendy. If your team is whack in attack, get yourself a sexy fullback. Bastards. And we're back. Uh, thanks to uh, Chris Dow for sending that uh, wonderful poem in. And uh, thank you, of course, to Jon Snow from TV's Game of Thrones for reading it out. Oh, I'll tell you what I've got for you. Yeah. Uh, you like funny team names, don't you? Yes. So I was thinking maybe... If people are sending their, us their team names, yeah, we can then go through them, yeah, and then select a top three from their league, and then it'd be like goal of the month. So uh, we're speaking to at Stephen underscore Lolo. All right, yeah, on Twitter, <laughs> yeah, and his league actually they got eleven man league, mm-hmm. doing pretty well as well, same as us. I'll give you some team names, all right? Okay. Socrates Papfaktapalis. Uh, That's Steve McCauley's team. What right. do you think? Well, I need Can we to say it again? Socrates Papfaktapalis. Okay, yeah. Fuck the police. Yeah, Papalopoulos, yeah. whatever his name okay. is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Show me... Actually, the... can I just say, actually, that's pretty good. It is pretty good. Yeah, I it's it's really good. Time thinking about that. Show me the money. Yeah. Or money. Yeah, it's pretty good. My favourite... Unprotected Sesk. Yeah. Okay. Daniel so, Malloy. The pr- here's the problem. Derek Alfie, Bell was the last one. Yeah. Is that it's basically punnage. That's what people go for for the humour. I know that's kind of the point. Yeah. Unprotected Sesk. Uh, yeah. I'd say in that league, I'd definitely go with the the Greeky sounding. Socrates, pup, fuck the police. Yeah. I like that one. Steve yeah. McCauley. You get our vote. Yeah. You, you've won that one. Team name of the month. Ah, manners. Right, enough of this chat. Let's talk to someone who knows what he's talking about. Should we speak to the secret journalist? Yeah, let's do it. Let's put him off, because I'm playing him next week as well. Okay, good. Here we go, the secret journalist. Phil Dogs. The secret journalist. Shh, it's a bloody secret. Phil Dogs, secret journalist. How are you? I'm I'm very good, mate. That was that was beautiful. Final countdown, excellent work. Bit of Europe, mate. Bit of Europe for you. Yeah. So, all right. Let's get straight down to business. Yeah. You beat me this week. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I wasn't going to mention it, but as soon as you brought it, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, what I will say, uh, very well done, by the way. Very well done. Thank you. Yeah, uh, thank you. But uh, things went swimmingly well. Uh, too well, in fact, because considering you got voted uh, our league's unluckiest player. 
last mm. season. Are yeah. you not concerned that you may uh, not have or cashed, cashed in all your chips in one game week and it's done? Well, you 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 posted this very message to us on our on our WhatsApp chat about me about some. I I I'm not seeing it like that. I mean, the way I view it is very much that. Um, and I don't know whether you remember this very well, but uh, right at the start of the season when I played the average team, I was it, it was described by you as an apt matchup. I think <laughs> insinuating that I had a very bang average team. But I mean, basically, mate, you did my team talk for me. I just pinned that message up in the dressing room. Yeah, and the boys me in your dressing room, yeah, exactly. Well, as as most people do. Um, no, I, I don't think necessarily I've cast you. I mean, granted, okay, I got a Walker goal. That's that's a rarity. Uh, his first ever City goal, considering I had him last yeah. season as well, yeah. And, and a brilliant goal at, at that as well. But and apart from that, I don't think there was anything hugely unusual in the in the in the kind of um, scoring that I got. You did well, didn't you? Because you brought Calvert uh, Calvert Lewin in last minute, and he scored. Yeah, well, I mean that uh, that was opportunism more than anything else because uh, Richarlison was suspended, and he'd played in their uh, Carabao Cup game and scored twice, so it seemed like the obvious person they were going to pick. I didn't necessarily think that he'd score, but it just so happened that he scored, and also from a cross from the man who I also brought in, which was, uh, and he, I don't know how to pronounce Lucas it. Lucas Dean. Dean. Lucas Dean. Just dobbed it on his head and he scored. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, he got a nice assist. Uh, yeah. I have to say, Phil, yeah, you know, I had to lose it at some point. I mean, I hadn't lost for about 20 weeks, if you include last mm. season. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad it happened to you in the podcast, Darby. I mean, maybe... Yeah. Other, some other managers could take a leaf out of your book. Some other managers not sitting too far away from me. Well, no, I, I, I think I would, I would argue, I would argue Sam did take some active management. I did, yeah, because uh, because he he actively weakened his side by <laughs> removing removing De Bruyne from it and putting Fernandinho in it. Let's talk about the upcoming game week, Phil. Yeah. Now, those who know, those in the know, know that two weeks ago, I made you give three predictions. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is what you did. Yeah. You said Southampton what? one, Leicester two, and that was the correct guess. Yeah. You went with Bournemouth two, Everton two. That was also correct. I thought that was bold at the time, but, you know. Well, you know. And Watford 2, Palace 1. Also correct. You got three out of three, mate. Nailed it. I mean, if anyone doubt the credibility of you as our secret journalist, I think their fears have been laid. So have you got more this week, then? Um, I think we should can the feature right now. <laughs> no. I do, I... <laughs> mate, come on. You could do it again. All right. Okay. Well, if, if, you, if you're going to switch my arm into it, of course, I'm going to I'm gonna have to tarnish my 100% record with three more predictions. Go on, then. First one. All right, I've, I, well, I went for, I'm in a similar vein to what I did last time, instead of picking out the kind of bigger sides, with no disrespect to the sides I've picked here, but instead of picking out your, your traditional big six, I thought I'd carry on the vein of going for the slightly slightly lower lay, like lower down the table sides. Um, so I went with, I went for a Bournemouth game again, so it's Bournemouth-Leicester. Okay, yeah. 2-1 Bournemouth. Why? Oh, really? That's, Leicester's been playing very well. They're, they're very unlucky against Liverpool, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, they played well. They played well, and and but I, I think I like Bournemouth. I like Bournemouth a lot, and I like Eddie Howe, and I think that they've they've found uh, they, well, they've been they've been working towards all the time they've been in the Premier League. They've been working towards a kind of a, a, a way of playing. They have their way of playing, and they they're getting better at it. 
season upon season. So I've been, I've been impressed with them. I think they're a good side. Next one. Yeah, uh, Huddersfield, Crystal Palace. I'm going for a 2-0 Palace win. That's big. Palace have lost a couple of games now. Yeah, I, I think Roy knows what he's doing now, doesn't he? He does know what he's doing. How, what about the Zaha situation? What's going on there? Was that just one game? He, the way he was talking after the game, um, having heard one match of the day, he, he sounded, he didn't sound too, like, really worried about Zaha. He, didn't, he wasn't suggesting as though it was a long-term thing. I mean, he may well still be out. He may well still be out. And one thing he did say in the aftermath of that game was talking about how his side need to work on not being as reliant on Zaha. So, I mean, obviously, he's, you know, he's a, he's a very intelligent, very good football manager. He's going to be aware of the situation and aware of the fact that they are over-reliant on him. I mean, it'd help him if Christian Benteke wasn't just truly god-awful. But, you know... That's have your third prediction then, Phil. Oh, okay. um, I'm going to go for... I'm, I'm sticking with my Everton boys. I'm going to, I thought I'd predict them. And uh, I'm predicting more bad news for West Ham. They're going to lose 3-1 at Everton. Ooh, 3-1 as well. That's a hell of a beating you're going for. Yeah. So no hope for that porous defence then? No, well, I, I think that um, I think West Ham are in, are in big bother. They, they probably have, It was a very strange managerial appointment that they did at the start of the season because... I mean, how, how do you how do you judge? Grant, you can never take away from anyone that they've won the Premier League, and that is a fantastic achievement, regardless of who you're managing. But who, how do you how can you judge him by any normal standards when he's in charge of Man City with the squad that they had? You, you don't know what he's like. He's got all of the advantages going for him. I just think it was a really strange appointment for a club that probably needed to consolidate a bit more and and maybe maybe take take step or like walk before they can run and I thought I think they're trying to run again before before they're walking well bad times for West Ham then let's talk about your hidden gems um, well I, I'm gonna I thought I would do seeing as uh, last weekend um, all the all of the talk was about attacking fullbacks so I thought what I'd do is try and pick out some of the fullbacks who are worth getting hold of, who don't play for any of the big clubs. Go on then, Phil. Um, well, to start with, I've gone for two players who have been attacking for their representative sides. One of them is probably well-known to fantasy football players because he gets picked, held on to for a little while, and then bombed around elsewhere. One of them is for a club that recently got promoted, um, but both of them have had five shots, both of them in the box which suggests as though they get forward, which suggests as though they're, uh, they're going to potentially score your points. One of them uh, is PVA, Van Arnold. Oh, it's my Crystal, boy. It's my boy. Who is, I don't think anybody, in fact, doesn't know about Van Arnold, but if he's not picked up yet, might be worth a, a dabble. The other one is uh, Matt Doherty at Wolves. Oh, okay, yeah. Who I I think a lot of people might have overlooked, um, but I think to be fair, probably fewer and fewer people are overlooking Wolves in general now after the start of the season they've had because they've looked a proper football side. Um, and Doherty has played all four of their games. Um, is essentially a, a wing back really. They play three four three more or less, and um, and he and he operates down there, down their right hand side. So uh, he's another option. Uh, yeah, I, I have looked at him before because he, he played all last season, didn't he? Yeah. And quite integral. Whereas the other guy, is it Johnny? <laughs> yeah. See, I was all for, at the start of the season, getting hold of Barry Douglas uh, from for them because he had you know more assists than anyone else in the championship last season. And he was their left back all the way through last campaign. He was brilliant, really, really good. And I think much to the 
diary of a lot of Wolves fans. They've binned him off. They sold him to Leeds, and, he, and he's been really good for them again in the Championship. But they sold him, I think, pretty much to get this Johnny lad in because he's, uh, you know, plays for Atletico Madrid and he's he's a slightly higher profile footballer. And I guess when you're in bed with the agent of half the Portuguese squad, if he tells you probably a good idea to sign Johnny, then that's mm. what. You and also, I think Johnny provides more protection. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, well, the, the, other, the other ones I was going to suggest were, and, and again, this is another club that have probably um, put themselves very much on the radar of people already. So if you haven't already got them, two players who have created quite a lot of chances for their uh, side so far are Holobas and Yanmat at Watford. Well, obviously, Holobas, who I've, I've talked yeah. about at the well, top of the show, well, actually. Takes corners, um, gets forward... He's scored, a, granted, a slightly fortuitous goal already. Uh, and Jan Matt's the same. He gets forward. He's created five chances for his side so far this season. And the other one was uh, Ben Chilwell at Leicester. Oh, the only other ones I was going to mention, and, and I know at the top I said who, who don't play for big clubs, but um, the other one I was going to mention was Luke Shaw, who's now, now seems firmly uh, established as United's left-back. Is he, though? I always get the sense that he's one game away from being dropped. Yeah, but, I, I mean, I don't know. Ashley Young played there in the all last season, but doesn't seem to be getting this. I mean, I know he's been, he's been injured, hasn't he, for a little bit, Ashley Young, but um, I don't even see that. What, what Mourinho can't do is rotate his entire back four continually, because that does him no favours whatsoever. He's got to have some consistency in there. Phil, it's been an absolute pleasure, as always. We go into the international break now, and you could enjoy your victory over me. Oh, I will. But know this, it's a marathon and not a sprint. <laughs> All right, Phil. Thanks very much, mate. We'll see you again soon. Cheers, guys. Who are you? I can't believe that information. Who are you? I told you already, I can't tell you. Please, just tell me who you are. God damn it, woman. I'm a journalist. So, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks, Phil, for that. Uh, we, I tell you what, manners. I haven't got any more stats. Good. Oh, I have. Oh, I lied. Do you want a stat attack? Go on, then. This one. So, uh, talking about strikers, we weren't, but I just mentioned it. Didier Drogba, 104 goals in 254 games. Romelu Lukaku, 104 goals in 224 games. I think it's Premier League games. That's interesting, yeah. How, where do you get this stuff from? Oh, I just found it outside. Huh. Yeah, but, you know, Didier Drogba, often hailed as one of the best strikers of Premier I League history him. ever. Oh, he's excellent. Though, wasn't I he? hated him. He was excellent. But Lukaku often gets maligned Boring. and said, oh, you know, he's not the striker. But he is. <laughs> 104 goals, 224 games. Manners, look, we've been putting it off, but I think we should play Who Dat Man, a Jotel player. Right. Who Dat Man, a player, player. Who Dat Man, a Jotel player, player. I'm a manager, oh, I'm a player. I wrote a book, I got to tell you. Read all the juicy bits. 12.99 from W.H. Smith. Okay, so those who don't know, this is, this is a... The world-renowned feature, who dat man, urger or player? Manners is going to read through an autobiography uh, that I don't know whose it is. 
and uh, I have to guess, after a few excerpts, I have to guess who it is. Uh, we've done this twice now. I've got two out of two. I'm going for a third in a row, and it's all quite pointless and meaningless, but fun for all the family. Well, not for me. I have to read the bloody thing. Yeah, okay. And this one, I had to read a lot more of it because there wasn't any... It wasn't quite... This character... So someone sent me this book. This character isn't as... Um, this is a bit more hard-hitting, basically, Al. Ooh. Okay. Right. Let's um, roll, roll the... Just get going. At Chester, we had a number of young lads who came to the club. John Rooney, younger brother of Wayne, was one of those, and what a character. It must just be a Rooney trait. I've got all the time in the world for him. Training was like a game, and it didn't bother me that he could be aggressive in the challenge in practice, because I know I'd have done it back to him, and he'd been fine with it. He's one of a good from a good mould, but there's the other extreme of young lad that we had, whose name I can't remember, which probably says it all. In his first game, he cashed one of the opposition players off. As an older player, I've always tried to give advice and help the youngsters, but I thought, fuck you, you're done. What was he doing? I couldn't speak to him after that. What? I don't know what cashed off means. I don't which know. is what I was so fascinated. He goes on to say in the next paragraph, I've played with players who've earned millions and millions and I've been fortunate. But basically, I think the player did something. This young player did something to su suggest that he was earning loads of money to an opposition player. But if anyone can tell us what cashed off means, I'd be very interested to know. Well, I don't know. Perhaps they just made it up. Well, uh, yeah. So was that the first bit? Wasn't that well, exciting, was it? Well, that, that's the tone Where's for this. Where's the prawn crackers being thrown around? This is the Curry on the floor. I'm telling you, this is hard hitting. This is from the real trenches of football. Did you hear the club? You've got to remember the club Chester. as well. Chester, okay. Yes. So right. automatically this guy yes. sounds like a, a real man. Exactly. This okay. is, that's what I'm saying. It's hard hitting. We've gone away from all those, you know, flouncy stories of Dwayne. This is real, real man territory from the 1950s, but probably not from the 1950s. Let's go. All right. <laughs> The education was tough. When you were in your second year apprentices, if you did something wrong, there'd be a court case. All you'd hear is the famous noise, duh, duh, duh. It's written like that. Um, I was the first one to get one. It was me and Heath Maxson who'd had an argument. The others pumped up the old umbro balls as hard as possible, wrapped them in a towel, and they'd have what they called a bong out. They'd smash the shit out of you with these balls, and when they hit, they hurt. I got my nose splattered on the second day as an apprentice. One lad, Gary Bickerton, thought it'd be funny one day to meddle with the bleep test for the second years. They were on about level 13, and he restarted it. He had to go into a bath of piss and have stuff written on him in boot polish, and then sit in another bath of piss with ice. Is that... I don't... It, it does this quite a lot in the. Well, is this, not. This is sure. This isn't Ray Winston. I know. It's very. There's quite a few stories in the early in the early parts of these books, but he's all at, always at the same club. That are really like the. It's like child abuse or not child. Well, yeah, because they were apprentices. I feel like we need to call someone. I know. I know. I know. It's really bad. There's a, there's a whole other one. Shit. Is this gonna break on, on our podcast and we'll be in the news and shit? Because <laughs> uh, <so> <laughs> the rest of it goes on a bit more and it goes. They're playing another prank on someone with his aftershave. To us at the time, aftershave was ridiculously expensive. So we got the bottle and we were all spraying it on each other and put the empty bottle in the corner waiting for him to come in. So he'd be devastated that we used it all. He comes in and starts absolutely falling about himself laughing. All the second years come in crying with laughter. Something wasn't right. They'd filled the bottle with piss. <laughs> 
don't, I don't understand. It's like, how could they spray an entire bottle of Dolce and Gabbana aftershave and not realise that they're covering themselves with piss? I got. A, a, I'm sensing a lack of brain activity. Yeah, maybe that, that's that's an actually quite a good call for this. Um, Go on, it, let's hear some more romantic. Can I just stories. say that on one page of anecdote there of his autobiography, he's mentioned piss three times. <laughs> And, really none of, and none of it was going in the toilet, so... Mate, he's a man's man. Yeah, a Come on. Yeah, a bit of piss between mates. <laughs> there was nothing flash about Derby County, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. The first day of pre-season training was a world away from my usual experience at Manchester United. On the first day, we did a bleep test. The second, we did a yo-yo test in the indoor area, which is similar to the bleep test, but more continuous running. After that, we came outside, and the nearest area was the bowling green. I laid down on the grass, and I was heaving for fun. Nothing was coming out except bile. My head was spinning. I was so dizzy. I opened my eyes, and Steve stood over me, asking me if I'm all right. Fucking hell, I'm fine, but I've never done anything like this. Danny, let me tell you, the club you've come from and the club you've come to, we're in the same division, but we are worlds apart. We spend 90% of the game chasing the ball and United spend the time with it. You need to be fit when you're playing for Derby because most of the time you'll be chasing. Sounds like such a depressing life, doesn't it? Well, I quite like that because... Where's the sex parties? I know. But I'm sorry, I got a book that didn't have any sex parties in. I prefer it when they're raging alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> Once I finally got there and had the scan, I was told that one of my discs had exploded. There were bits of my disc pressing up against my spine, which was causing the pain. I had to go and see a surgeon the next day. I took so many painkillers, I could barely tell what day it was. I don't want to be gross, but I had lost control of my bowels as well. When I saw the <laughs> surgeon, he said he needed to stick a finger up my ass. I thought he was joking. Apparently, with some slip discs, if it goes against a certain part of your spine, it can cause big problems with regards to your nerves, and he wanted to see if that was the case because I might need surgery instantly. It was a good job he did, because I did need an operation soon. Brilliant. <laughs> I just don't know why he put that in. When I saw this, I think it's because they needed to lighten it up. Yeah. Like the ghostwriter might have said, oh, what did, did anything amusing happen in the hospital? I shoved a finger up my ass. Put it in. Put it in. Put it in. Put it in. It's going in. Yeah. Did and you it, shit yourself? Yeah. yeah. Put yeah, it in. What about when you moved to Stoke? Yeah, uh, someone stuck the finger on my ass. Put it in. She's <laughs> up. Yep, but that. Was that because of the spine? No, no. Just took his finger up my ass. It was just one of those other, uh, the same thing they were doing with we're the ball bags. We were doing another bleep test <laughs> and someone stuck the finger up my ass. The atmosphere was unbelievable. Full credit to Port Portsmouth fans who travelled in their numbers and made a lot of noise. The cup result had been great and we took that into the league game. Jason Dodd, the long-serving Saint Saints defender, gave us the lead with when his corner went straight in. We won the game 3-0 with a couple of goals to seal the result. It sent the fans home happy as we'd gone fourth heading into Christmas and the closest rivals were in the relegation zone. By the time it came to the return game, it was a different story altogether. Portsmouth are a very difficult team to go to and a lot of that is to do with their uncompromising home ground of Fratton Park. Travelling there, we had armoured guards escorting us. Portsmouth fans are very passionate and outside the ground they had a big sign saying Welcome to hell, scummers. Scummers is what Portsmouth fans call Southampton. Yeah. While Skates was the nickname they got in return. We lost that game 1-0, which was tough, but nowhere like the humiliation we'd suffered down there a year later. 
Portsmouth are the biggest bunch of I've ever met. You put that in, didn't you? Hey. <laughs> um, okay, right, I have a guess. Um, not really impressed with this person. Is it Danny Higginbottom? It bloody is, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, what a pile of shit. Yeah, it's, uh, to be honest, what's funny about this book is that... Um, that someone published it? No, that actually, he comes across really well. Well, not really well. But A, I feel like he's written quite a lot of it. And B, um, I don't know, he's, he's quite humble about the people who he thinks gave him a break. And, he's, and he, 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 he sort of like attributes a lot to lots of managers. Like, there's a whole bit about, I didn't realise this, but he left for Southampton for like only one season and then went back to Stoke. And it was Tony Pulis who let him go because they weren't going to pay him more. They were only going to offer him the same again. I don't know. He comes across as, like, you know, he, oh, that bloke did me a favour. You know, not like, oh, I wasn't appreciated enough. Them. Yeah, yeah, I showed... Which is a lot of the stuff you get in these, and now having read enough of these sodding things. <laughs> um, so what we gather from this, is he seems like quite a nice, well-put-together bloke. He's had a, a career, a difficult career. He's worked hard, and he's someone you should read. But... He doesn't have. He doesn't dress in women's clothes like Dwight York and Mark Bosnich, does he? I uh, I can genuinely see like of all of the ones I've read of these now or skim read as I do, this is the only one I would say that if I read it I wouldn't be like oh that was literally destroyed brain cells like this. The, he's not got anything proper to say. But what I what I did think was interesting early on in the book he says like. Um, I always wanted to be a footballer. It's all I ever wanted to do. I'm not saying that I had the talent or anything, but he just says, I literally couldn't comprehend of a life that wasn't being a footballer. I quite admired that, that he was willing to you know, admit that. He wasn't saying oh, I was just blessed and it's what I was born to do and all this kind of stuff. He just said, I really wasn't good at anything else. and It was all I really loved. So that was quite good. And also he's really honest about when he retired and how he'd lost a bit of this and whatever. Yeah, so it's all right. Where can people pick that book up from? What's it called? Rise of the Underdog. <laughs> oh, Danny Higginbottom, Rise of the Underdog. Yours to purchase, where, WH Smith's? 12.99? I will say this. He's got a real problem with trying to come across a bit hard sometimes, which is really annoying. Um, it's the target audience. Though, yeah, I think yeah. so. If you see the front cover as well, it's like him. It's a bit like one of those, you know, governor books or hard yeah. bastard or... Yeah. Big bastard, or whatever you know, the ones that like geezer on the street. Yeah, he's sort of sat there with a big watch on and like looking like he's just you know a pikey. Yeah, yeah. sorry, a man of the people. Yeah, fair enough. Right, thanks for that, manners. Hazing stuff at the beginning. I didn't mark it, but it was all awful. Kicking footballs, like, like it wasn't just kicking footballs at one. Because I was like, well, I was reading one thing. I was like, oh, that's what you used to do at school. You know, if you lost, yeah, a game of Wembley, you got a ball kicked at you or whatever. But then it wasn't. It was like they actually kicked them in the face, kind of thing. I was just like, is this real? Oh, if it is, I don't. I think you should be writing that is a really bad thing that this happened and that it's Ray, it's Ray Winston School of Football. Yeah, isn't it? it's just literally like. Corporal punishment. Beat him up. Get him in line. Smash him in the face. Yeah. I think that is the fundamental difference between how we teach football (sighs) in England and how they teach it on the continent. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure how often Iniesta was worried about having to get into a bath of piss. Yeah. 
It's <laughs> more worried about kick, kicking, <laughs> passing it nicely. If you do this again, you're going to get pissed on. <laughs> yeah, you know, you got to kick the ball into the goal and make it look pretty. Yeah. Am I going to get pissed on? No. Why would you say that? Yeah. You're a footballer. Maybe you should speak with a Spanish accent. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well done. Um, oh, so yeah. By the way, thanks, Mooney, for sending me that book. Thank you. Yes, thank you. It's on Moon Rosinga's in. Upcoming game week fixtures. So we've got an international break, Manners. We've got international break. Thank God for that. I can sort my team out. So that out. means we get quite a fair... Or maybe... How many waivers? I don't know. So the fixtures when we come back. Saturday the 15th of September. We have Tottenham versus Liverpool. Mmm, tasty. Bournemouth against Leicester. Chelsea, Cardiff. Huddersfield, Crystal Palace. Man City, Fulham. Newcastle, Arsenal. And Watford, Man United. On Sunday, the 16th of September, Wolves against Burnley. Everton against West Ham. Oh, blah, 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 Wolves. And on Monday, Southampton versus Brighton. In what some might declare as a South Coast derby, it is not. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what are you going to do up until that? And then, well, uh, hopefully, kill it on the waivers tomorrow. Get all the players I want. Um, I'm feeling like I might actually have a big trade in me, but it's still early doors in the season. But I think now I'm starting to realise why Isherwood gave away Salah last season. Because if you, well, I mean, maybe not Salah. What? If you're mid-table me- mediocrity, you feel like you just want to do something to shake it up. I'm not saying I am. I'm currently bottom, like in the bottom. I, I get that. From it's, I think, you know, patience is the name of the game. Yeah. But basically, you know, two months, if I'm still where I am now, I'm, I'm shipping out Van Dyke and, you know, bringing, well, whoever anyone keeps trying to give, give to me for Van Dyke. <laughs> So that's it from us at the Draft Fantasy Pod. Uh, I do hope you enjoyed the show. And uh, if you did and you want to share that joy, please do that. Tell other people, of course. Or don't. Keep it for yourself. Mm, could be your little secret. Uh, and if you do want to get in contact with us, it's Draft Fantasy Pod uh, at Twitter. That's the at handle. Anyway, take care of yourselves. We'll see you in uh, two weeks' time. We've got an international break, but we'll still see you in two weeks' time, I think. We'll figure it out. We'll let you know on Twitter. Why not? Okay, until next time, take care. Goodbye. The Draft Fantasy Podcast. And it's, and it's, 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 it